Oh, where, oh, where could Tom Scallon be? The man's probably sleeping, it's past 7.30. We got a guest host, Willie Nelson, could it be? His last name is Nelson, but his first name is actually Lee. Welcome back to Talking the Walk. This is episode 70, ZZ Top. I am Paul Patterson. And I'm guest host, Lee Nelson. Got Bailey Bishop on the artwork, Jake Brown, the music, Alice Stanley, social media, Jill Martin, fact checker, and of course, Jeff Gravy, marketing. And let's get it out there, right? Elephant in the room. Good grief. Has it been a long time since we've we've recorded? Um, and, and I keep promising that we're going to get back into a regular schedule. And then you had, we had, we had uh, holidays, trips, sickness, and all kinds of things going on that, that uh, threw a wrench in things. So. We are we're a little little behind and 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 a little off schedule, and I'll talk more about that here in just a little bit about what what we've got coming up. But bear with us as we as we get through this, just from the standpoint that some of this is um, old because of of the we had it I had it written out um, before we recorded, and then this is what we ended up going. So first thing, watch update. I am now three months in a row of not getting my my uh, badge. So October, November, and December just just didn't. I am an absolute lazy, overweight human being, and and it needs to change. And I need to get uh, I need to get back on track. And I'm struggling with it. That's all there is to it. Okay, moving on. Well, the first step is admitting you have a problem. I'm good at admitting it. Problem <laughs> the problem with admitting it is I'm not very good at fixing it right now. All that stuff just it just tastes so good. That's new year, I'm... new Paul. <laughs> again, again, for the 55th time in my life, I've, I've had to <laughs> hit the reset button and, and uh, start over. Golly. Maybe, maybe I need to look at Noom and, and go with that program. They take the psychological approach to helping you with issues that you've got with food. Obviously, I have some issues. I like, like it. A, a like lot. It. I like it a lot. It's a problem. Okay, here we go. Katie Theater. Again, I really like the I really like this switch where we we have you. I read it and then you guess what she gave for a rating. Yeah, as long as you don't read the rating before you. <laughs> I do my best not to do that this time. <laughs> and these are old from her, meaning not old movies, although some of them are old movies, but but just an old um, reviews just because of where we were. Okay, eight seconds. That's a movie. It's about oh, bull that's riding. Five. I guarantee five. It's got love and crying. Five. Can I can I read it? Yeah. I mean, you're you're pretty stuck on that. This movie is so good. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. Movie about Lane Frost, world champion bull rider. Even has a love story in it. The ending crushed me. Mm, cried. Loving and cried. At five. It's a four and a half. Oh. I even tried to help you with the ending crushed me. Hmm. It's a it's a terribly sad ending, especially if you've never seen it. You don't know what's coming. She really hadn't seen that movie before. Yeah. Wow. So I, that's why it went. That's why it's four out of five. Okay, Mrs. Doubtfire. Roller coaster hmm. of emotions in this movie. The scene where she is getting the lady tea in her meringue mask keeps popping. It hilarious. Robin Williams is the goat. Why it took me so long to see this movie, I don't know. 
The, she yep. hasn't seen this one either? Correct. Again, I want to remind everybody that part of the reason why Katie's theater is in place is because she, every time I mention a movie in, in her office, she's not seen it. So that's why we had to have this started. Mm, four and a half. Five out of five. Hmm. Five out of five. I, I Mrs. Di Robin Williams in anything is really good. I, Hello. Funny. Yeah. So, so funny. Hopefully his comedies are really funny. Some of his darker movies are, are a little tougher to watch because you're so used to him being in. in well, the, they make, they make a lot more sense when you find out like about him. Very true. Very yeah. true. So a little bit more revealing um, mm -hmm. that way. Okay. Here we two in a row, a California Christmas. Sounds terrible. I've never heard of it. This sounds feel awful. good Christmas love. Oh, just wait. Feel good Christmas love story. Christy would love this. What do you think she gave that? Four, five out of five. Gosh, are you ready? Yeah. Here's the next movie: A California Christmas, City Lights. <laughs> Sequel to the movie it... before, just as okay. good. Both movies are on Netflix. If anybody loves sappy holiday movies. These are for you. I thought I, I was going to ask before you said that if it was a sequel or a prequel. Uh, five out of five. Yeah, it's five out of five. <laughs> uh, it's a Wonderful Life. I watched this movie in high school but didn't remember a lot, so I decided to watch it again. This movie is much different when you're an adult. I agree wholeheartedly with her on mm -hmm. that. I wish all people could see what life would be like without them. Good movie with a great message. Yeah, five out of five. Yeah. So, again... If you have movies that you want uh, Katie to watch, remember, get those to us and, and uh, she'll do her best to, uh, to watch them. Okay, here we go. You ready? And again, this is, this is an old question. Mm -hmm. I only have one. You ready okay. for it? Mm -hmm. Are you a Christmas card, letter, email, combination, or nothing? What do you do for the holidays? I, what do you mean? I have no idea what you're talking about. Do you send a Christmas card? Do you send oh, a Christmas letter? Okay. Do you okay. send a Christmas email? Do you send a combination of a card and a letter? What do you do? Or, or do you do nothing? Uh, we just do the, like the family picture thing. I guess that would be considered a card. That would be a card. It just, it's just like a two-sided, yeah. Yep. Two, but it's not. I think of a card as like something you open. This is just like front and back. Yeah, that. I don't know how else to word that one. Christmas picture, yeah. but, but Chris, is there a like story a, in it? Like updates with people? No, it's, it's one of those story by pictures. <laughs> pictures for <laughs> a thousand words. Is that what you're saying? I, it means I absolutely have nothing to do with it. So but, uh, I get that. Neither do I, I don't have anything to do with it either, but what do you, yeah. what is your, what's your preference? Yeah, whatever we do. I mean, as long as I have to do it, I'm, that's my preference. Yours is like a card story. Yes, it's it's a card and a letter. Yeah, I mean, essentially, is what it is because I think we go halfsies, a half half a sheet. Oh, okay. In with the with the card that we do, so we do pictures, a collage, like many do, and then we throw a little update on everybody, which is interesting that that we throw that update, even though everybody, if you're on Facebook with Chrissy, you're updated anyway, so you know what's going on. Yeah or any sort of social media. True. Okay. You ready for my confessional? Mm -hmm. As much as I dislike flying, 
I am getting much better at doing it. So here is the confessional. For the first time ever, I took a carry-on bag with me when we went to Arizona and put it above in the, in the overhead compartment and did that twice there and back. That is a huge step for me. Really? Why is that? I don't, I want to get on the plane, sit down and get locked in and not put my, my AirPods in oh. and be done. Okay. I want nothing to do with moving. I want nothing to do with communicating. I want as little a movement as possible. So me taking that bag on the, on the airplane was humongous for me. We went to, uh, actually, I went to Arizona in October just for the, Where'd one you of my go? buddy. Uh, we went to, my buddy lives in uh, Gilbert. Gilbert. Where is that compared to Phoenix, Mesa, Chandler? I think it's to the north. Is it around there, though? I don't know. I just hop in a car and somebody takes me there. Yes. Where do you fly is, into? Where do you fly into? Yeah, we fly into Sky Harbor. Into Phoenix? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah. So the, this is just like a guy's trip. So obviously no family. Um, sure. And we got one checked piece of luggage and that was golf clubs. So I just Where'd brought you fly? Uh, American. Okay. Yeah, Southwest is nice if you can get a Southwest flight because you get two checked bags. You could do your regular bag and your golf clubs. So I just did golf clubs and I just brought my clothes um, onto the, the plane in a carry-on, which I will say is much nicer than getting your luggage checked. You know, like you know you have those at least when you get yeah. off the plane. So the, uh, the, we, we flew Allegiant and they, mm-hmm. they, they have really inexpensive fares, but they nickel and dime you on everything. Yeah, everything. everything. Including your in-flight snacks are charged, but not that I get those. So it doesn't make any difference on that, but everything else is, is charged, which is interesting. But I thought that was a big step for me. Okay. You got anything confessional wise? I'm actually going to confess for you a little bit. Okay. Because we just kind of brought up the whole social media thing. You are a major fake smiler in pictures. Am I really? Yeah. And you know how I can tell? Because your mouth's kind of open when you okay. smile. I don't yeah. feel like I'm fake smiling. I feel like that's very Yeah, genuine. so I know. So, okay. It, Give me it an example. Fake. I like it. That's you. Give me an example. Um, when you were at um, In-N-Out Burger and Christy oh, took the picture of you guys. That's, that's not staged. That was that. You weren't smiling because you were happy. No. You were smiling because you had to take a picture. I don't remember us having to take a picture there. That's why I'm saying it wasn't a staged picture. Then maybe it was a different restaurant. Anyway, Christy wasn't in the picture. It was the rest of you. She looked like she was maybe at the end of a booth or table pointed back towards you guys. You oh, yeah, that's back. for sure. I was for surely not smiling. You were smiling. It just, oh, I was. Yeah, it just wasn't authentic. I must not have meant it. You definitely did not. Most that's of the time, I, I feel like I'm a pretty good, like I mean it when I'm smiling. That's how I feel. Hmm, you look like a fake smiler then. Okay. In that particular case, obviously I was. Yeah. yeah. I will readily admit that. Yeah. But I feel like when, when we have the banquet and things like that, where I'm, I'm taking pictures with kids or after games or things, things like that, I feel like I am, I am legitimately smiling for real. Well, we may have to compare some pictures sometimes that we can pick okay, out. Get my Christmas card. I didn't know you sent one. 
I didn't want to have to. There's my second confession. I I don't look at any of those things. I wouldn't have had a clue that you guys even sent a Christmas card. Like Misty and the girls are like, hey, do you guys want to open up Christmas cards? Like, and they're and the girls are like, yeah, this, yeah, well, we'd love to. Yeah, I. If somebody said, hey, did you get our Christmas card? I'd just say, probably, probably, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, well, let's move on from that. Um, let's go feedback. First one, we are going with, uh, with Christy's feedback. From a couple of podcasts ago with Holiday Tradition. Here we go. This is a great question for you. I'm, I'm very curious as to what your answer is. Does Santa wrap his gifts or not? Nope. And also, do you open any gifts on Christmas Eve? Yes. Okay, so growing up for me, um, Santa did not wrap gifts. That's how we knew they were from Santa, mm -hmm. was they were unwrapped in whatever. Um, and then our tradition, for, for us anyway, was Christmas Eve, we would go to, we would go to church. We would, depending on, on our age, we would go to the early Christmas Eve mass as a Catholic. and then. As we got older, sometimes we would go to midnight mass, but most of the time we would go, we would go church, eat dishes, presents, and then on Christmas day, we would get up Santa presents under the tree, unwrap, that way we knew they were from him, and then we would go to my aunt and uncles who, who had my grandmother living with him, and that's when we would all get together, so that was our, our deal. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember when I was a kid, so pre-parental divorce, I remember we would open up, no, we wouldn't open up. We would eat whatever for dinner and then we would go look at the Christmas lights. And then that was like when you could see the red dot in the sky, oh, Santa. And then we'd come back and there all the presents were. And then post-divorce, it was and like- And you said, you said at that point in time, no wraps, no Santa gifts were on there. No, those were wrapped. Okay. They were. I, yeah, I remember opening presents all the time. Okay. Oh, Post-divorce, um, I was like, the kids off Talladega Nights, I was like, yeah, two Christmases, like that. Like So Christmas Eve, I'd go to my dad's, do that, and then Christmas Day, back at my mom's and do it. Stand at either place at that age? Yeah. Yeah, but I think everything was still wrapped. But okay. now, now they're not wrapped. At your house. So Misty yes. grew up with, with Santa presents unwrapped. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I think you can, I think you can make a request to Santa if you want him to wrap, to wrap him or not. Okay. We tell, we tell the girls that Santa doesn't have time. Yeah. You know, sure. if, if he had to wrap all those presents, like you've seen your mom wrap presents takes a pretty long time. <laughs> yep. I agree. Okay. Are you ready for the next piece of it? Favorite holiday cookie is actually fudge and not really a huge fan of pie, so no favorite. Um, she was upset that I didn't give a watch update when, when meat was on. Movies for Katie. Here we go, Katie. You ready? The Outsiders, Get Hard, Bridesmaids, The Other Woman, and Neighbors. She went with some comedies. Yeah, lots of the, the one with Will Ferrell. Um, and, yeah. Uh, why Kevin can't I think of his name? Kevin Hart. Kevin. Oh, my gosh. Whew. Um, Great to hear from Jeff on the process of writing a book. I didn't realize you had to have, had to involve so many external people. If he cares to answer, could you give an approximate cost, editing illustrations, printing, et cetera. So Meet um, was kind enough to give that feedback. Cost very widely, 
wildly depending on any number of factors. I think there are four main pathways. So this is from me, working with publishers. So that's the first. If you are one of the very, very, very few who gets picked up by a publisher, publisher they absorb some of the costs in exchange for a percentage of your rights and or profits. Almost no one gets this deal unless they're famous, a proven author or write something really amazing. If you fall into this category, your out-of-pocket expense is slim to none. Publishers will sometimes, this is number two, publishers will offer, will sometimes offer you a publishing contract where you pay the publisher to act as editor, graphic designer, printer, marketer, et cetera, from a few thousand dollars up to $10,000. In addition to getting your money for the services they provide, they also get a percentage of your rights slash sales. Basically, the author assumes all the financial risks and sells some of their rights away, but it's often the only way to get published as a new author. Some publishers offer charge also, good grief, can I read, charge a premium for their services and do not take a percentage of your rights. You just pay more up front. Number three, this is self-publishing. Without the aid of a publisher, the author needs to pay for multiple Multiple editors cover art, printing fees, and other miscellaneous expenses. These costs can vary greatly from a couple thousand dollars to five figures, depending on who you choose and how much you need, how much work you need done on your book. Number four, still under self-publishing. You can just do everything yourself and have very little cost, but this is a bad idea. I don't care how good you are as a writer. You really need a professional editor to bring out your best work. Still, it's an option. Long story short, the odds of breaking even on your book is slim. The odds of making enough money from your book to make that your primary so source of income are poor. That's why I tell people the better they better enjoy the process because the profitable result is far from guaranteed. And that's before you consider the value of your time. So that was from me updating us on the, the startup costs for um, writing a book. So the next one is from Brock Sweckle. Um, Thought Meet was pretty interesting. I enjoy listening to people talk about things they're passionate about. I am not sure on the Christmas cookie question, what qualifies a certain cookie as a Christmas cookie? My favorite cookie is oatmeal raisin. Does that count? Otherwise, is Snickerdoodle a Christmas cookie? I don't know. Now that I got you on Apple Podcasts, I actually see when you got new episodes out. So hopefully I would be more of a consistent listener. You want to try to answer the Christmas cookie questions? If you eat it on Christmas, it's a Christmas cookie. <laughs> there you go. It's no different than the people that eat the non-traditional foods for for holidays. That would be your Christmas meal. Sure. Whatever. Very true. Very true. Good point. Um, Corey Archer, he's now a, a new listener. As, as Corey Archer is a new, he's a, a physical education teacher for us. Uh, was a JV football coach, helped uh, defensive backs. Um, he uh, is from Red Oak or was teaching in Red Oak. He's not from Red Oak, he was teaching in Red Oak. And then uh, um, he also was helping with middle school wrestling. Excellent addition to our staff all around. So I was listening to your podcast while I was working out. And of course he had to throw that he was working out in there. He is put together quite well. Mm. Um, and I listened to your latest one and one popped up. So I thought I would, I, I was still behind, but it took me the ones you guys recorded on May 20th. And what I heard about Norwalk was the big town, but small community feel and how the football stadium was one of the best-looking stadiums in the state. So that was good, Ned. He threw that out there for us. That's it for, uh, for feedback this time around. You got anything? No. Nothing? No. I'm sure Cole Hopkins had something in there, but I can't remember. Um, we were supposed to get together and do some pickup basketball over break, but I just I did not get it done. That, that could have been another confessional. Could have thrown that out there. Ready for high school sports? 
Mm-hmm. Uh, boys basketball, you know, we went into break, uh, lost the first two games, and then went into break on a, on a hot streak, won four in a row. Um, and then since break, have uh, we lost two this week already, lost to Van Meter on Monday, and then last night lost to uh, um, Newton. Um, both good games, just just didn't have enough. And then the girls um, are playing really well right now. And um, one on Monday, one on Tuesday. And, and I think they split. Um, they lose the ADM, I think, and then they won most of the rest of the games that they played before break. And then they've got a tough one on Friday at Grinnell. Um, go ahead, do you want to do basketball and then we'll go to wrestling together? Yeah. Uh, boys basketball. We beat Grinnell on Tuesday night. Where at? Go to, uh, at home. You know, you have to wear masks at Grinnell. Yep, you do. Uh, that put us at four and three. We did have a pretty challenging pre-break schedule. Ankeny, uh, one of them, right? Yeah, Ankeny, DCG, sure. Pella, Pella Christian. Um, yeah, just some, some pretty solid teams, no doubt. Um, even like a North Polk we played. You know, they have the Sullivan kid that's, I think, going to UMKC. Um, yeah, so we've seen some some good basketball. Girls um, beat Grinnell um, very handily on Tuesday. I think we won by 28, to be honest Ooh. with you. Yeah, and Grinnell is – they're talented. They're athletic. Um, I think that made us like 7-2 and two in okay. girls. Pretty good, pretty good team. They're fun to watch. Um, athletic, shoot it pretty well, get to the whole – I mean, they defend really, really well, I think, um, which is, you know, it, it's kind of how basketball's changed, but, you know, there's just not a lot of size out there. I mean, just boys or girls, you know, if you can have the post player, it makes a big difference in our post players. Um, injured right now. Uh, hopefully we can get her back at some point this year. But, um, yeah, just a really fun team to watch. Both, both teams are fun to watch. Well, Christian's got a post player around the boys' side. Oh, my – they got – they're just six, eight dudes everywhere on that team. Yeah, they're, they're big. They're big. Um, wrestling, you know, I, I think hopefully here coming up soon, we'll be back to, to full strength. We have not had our full lineup um, yet in a, in a duel um, and, and had a little bit of a rough patch there to start. And I, I thought competed pretty well towards the end of, of um, December. And now that we're coming back, we're going to see how we do. You know, we've got a big tournament coming up, and then we've got Pella um, tomorrow night. And, and we've got um, – I don't know how good the Little Hawkeye Conference is overall. However, I think the tournaments that we're in will, will give us a really good gauge as to, as to where we're at. And I think we'll be, we'll be pretty darn close to full strength coming out here um, out of break. We, we have not hosted wrestling yet this year. Um, How many do you host overall? We're just going to host two duels now. Same with us. Same with us. We are supposed to host Grinnell tomorrow night, and then DCG and Grinnell couldn't wrestle before break because of some just no lineups, and they didn't want to do it if they weren't going to get some matches out of it. So now everyone's going to Carlisle tomorrow. DCG was already going to Carlisle, so DCG is going to wrestle Grinnell at Carlisle tomorrow. We're going to wrestle Grinnell at Carlisle tomorrow. And then I think maybe like Carlisle and ADM as well. So there'll be five teams. They're just going to basically just like think of it like a quadrangular with an extra team. Yeah, but I I guess the the reason why I'm asking how that's going to work is typically when you you have a a triangle, 
it's not three conference schools. It's two conference schools and a, and a this, non-conference school, and the two conference schools wrestle first. But tomorrow, somebody's going to have to wrestle back-to-back conference-wise. Maybe. It just depends. I don't remember exactly what the schedule looks like, but there's multiple rounds of varsity duels, so you won't wrestle every round. Because, like I said, we won't wrestle DCG. We've already wrestled them. So right, we'll... But- but Grinnell has to wrestle two people in conference. Yeah, but it might it might not be might not be back to back though. It might just be on the same night. I mean, obviously on the same night. But it's still but, isn't isn't in the conference rules that the conference duel happens before any other duel. That's mm-hmm. what. Oh, okay, I thought that that's the way it was. No, you just generally set. You could set up a triangular okay. anyway. You could do that. I um, I got it now. That's not the. I, I just for years I under I was under the assumption because I I don't know that we have ever been in a in a triangular with all three being conference schools. Yeah, yeah, and that's I mean like this isn't necessarily that. I mean it, it's the it's a triangular for Grinnell. Sure. If you look at it that way, and that's it for. And it's nobody. not common for the for all three teams no, to be in the same. They round. they were gonna have like six guys in their lineup before break, you know, and then not have that many numbers. Anyway, you wouldn't get any JV matches either. So they want to make a way um, that more people would get to wrestle more matches. And I'm not saying it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Which makes sense. Um, But overall our wrestling team, I think is, is pretty solid. I haven't got to watch them in person. Um, They did go to the battle of Waterloo the weekend before break and did make it into the championship bracket and then got to wrestle the number one teams from each of the three classes. So that was good uh, for them at that point. Just if nothing else, it shows you where you need to, to get better. When in our, is it Southeast Polk is number one? I think they are now Waverly shell rock was number one. Okay. At the time. Cause I, I obviously they're really good too. Yeah. I'm in there. Yeah. Yeah. Loaded. So it was, I think it was Don Bosco, West Delaware, and Waverly Shell Rock. That's who we wrestled today, too. So that's, but again, good for our guys, because I think the point is to wrestle the, the best people you can, especially in those tournaments. That's kind of the point of sure. doing those. I mean, that, that's the reason why you go to them. I mean, that, that's one yeah. of the, you know, that's, that's the mm-hmm. same reason why, you know, in basketball, you're not hurt by, by scheduling a tough non-conference schedule. It doesn't hurt you. Nope. Same thing with, with wrestling, you know, going to those tough tournaments doesn't hurt you. It helps make you better. Yeah. Really does. Um, swimming. For sure. I, as far as I know, we, we are doing well. I, I don't know. I think we lost to Valley, but otherwise I think we've won everyone we've been in, but I, I have not seen very many updates on that. Yeah, we, we have, I don't believe we've lost uh, a meet or a tournament this year in boys. Okay. So um, uh, we have a, you know, we have that big program as far as the, the amount of schools that are in our co-op agreement. So, um, we do have pretty nice numbers, um, which when you're talking about swimming, the, the depth makes a huge difference in, you know, you think of like a duel for sure, but it, it definitely doesn't hurt in a, in a bigger meet or a tournament, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And then bowling, we have, we have done a good job. Um, I think we've, we've been pretty solid about 500 um, when it comes to, to bowling. And again, that's another one that I don't see a lot of updates on um, yeah. when it comes to that. 
Yeah, me either. We just have, I think, three kids that are bowling for or with Lincoln. Oh, that's right. I forgot that they were up there. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I did not get get a chance, and I didn't update when when we had meet on, was uh, the, our Royals Award trip um, that Scott Heitland and I took, and, and it was absolutely fantastic trip. You know, we left to go to Little Rock on that Sunday, and then Monday um, we got to hit Sport Little Rock. Uh, interesting, just from the standpoint, in order for us to get into the William J. Clinton um, Presidential Library, we had to have proof of vaccination and wear a mask. Well, one of the two of us did not have proof of vaccination because he was going to the James Taylor concert um, later on that week in which he needed to have his vaccination card. So he left it in his truck um, at, uh, at the airport. So we didn't get to go in to the uh, uh, William J. Clinton uh, Presidential Library. We did get to explore Little Rock, uh, not a terribly big town. And, and then Monday night, uh, we, had a, uh, we had a social hour in which all the, all the Broyles Foundation was there um, all the college finalists were there and all the people that were involved with the Broyles Award were, were around. And so there's probably about 150 people milling around um, in the hotel that we were at. And then they took all the college group downstairs, have no idea what they did. And then the high school group, uh, we went into a room and we had dinner. We sat, there were six of us at a table and I think there were 10 tables. So I think there were 60 people. Um, we got to hear Houston Nutt talk. Um, he was basically the keynote speaker. And then um, the guy who invented and created the Broyles Award came up and talked to us a little bit. He ended up being the MC at the College Award on Tuesday or the luncheon. So we got to eat dinner and then all of the finalists for the college or the high school award got to talk. And then uh, on, on Tuesday, we got up, we had lunch. I think there were 10 of us at a table. Um, it, it, was, it was a very expensive table, it was $10,000 a table. Um, if you wanted to sit there, it was a very big fundraiser. And the Broyles Foundation basically comes down and, and they are, um, their main purpose is to help caregivers get through caregiving um, somebody with Alzheimer's. And, and that's their main purpose. And, and um, it's a wonderful organization and, and you should check it out if you're, if you're interested. And then they also have the awards side. Um, and then Gaddis from Michigan was the winner. We got to hear all of the, the finalists talk, give a, give a speech about where they're at and why they're there. And um, it was just really neat. Mark May was the guy who, who introduced everybody. Um, as far as we had the MC, the guy who created the award. And then we had Mark May who got up and introduced each of the, each of the finalists. And then there was a, a short video and then they talked. Um, and then afterwards we flew back. And, and the reason why we went is because I was now going to be one of the high school we're going to give out, IFCA is going to give out a Broyles Award for one of the top assistants in, uh, in the state of Iowa. And it's the first year for us doing that. We have named our, our three finalists. Uh, and then at our clinic in March, at our, at our luncheon, we will name our finalists who will get to then go for the, the 2022 Broyles Award um, ceremony there. He'll get to go down for Monday and Tuesday um, in Little Rock and participate in that. So really neat trip for us and, and a great experience. And, and, uh, really thankful that we got to go. It was, it was oh. a great, it, and they are a top-notch organization. It was, it was awesome. It was really, really good. We got to sit with the, uh, the winner from Tennessee and his wife, and then uh, Scott Jarvis was there, and then obviously Scott Heitland, and then, and then one of the other guys who's from Louisiana, who is uh, a member of our alliance too, that we're a part of. So 
all of that was good. We got to go down there and, and see some things. And then, um, of course, Little Rock Airport is very small. And so then uh, Heitland and I cornered Mark May and asked him if he'd be one of our, if he'd be willing to be a keynote speaker for us at our IFCA um, clinic in 2023, because we have, uh, um, now I can't even think of his name. Pittsburgh Steeler, go to book, brainwashed, um, was on NFL Edge, it's a running back. Merrill Hodge. Merrill Hodge, Merrill Hodge is, our, is our keynote speaker for this year. So that's cool. Mark May was, he was all in um, if it works out. So to come and be our speaker, he's got absolutely enormous hands. A little <laughs> side note when you, when you shake his hands. So that's it for, uh, for a little update. Um, here next Wednesday, we have the uh, football advisory committee meeting in, in Boone. Um, we'll get to hear what's going to happen. And, and one of the main topics is going to be uh, footballs because the, uh, the ball contract with Spalding is up. So we're going to get to hear what's going on there. And, and unfortunately, money's going to win. And um, mm -hmm. I hope not, but it'd be good if, if each sport got to pick their own and whatever. But, but we'll see what shakes out there and give a little update on that when we get to it. So non-sponsor, you ready? Mm -hmm. ZZ Top is our, is our name of our episode. So why would we not have Percy Nobleman's signature scented beard oil as our <laughs> um, non-sponsor? And it only makes sense. And then it does. Let me say it one more time. Percy Nobleman signature scented beard oil. Thank you for making men's beards look absolutely fantastic. Do you use it? No, I don't use it. I probably should. Might make my my uh, scruffiness look a little better. So ZZ Top, of course, he released Sharp Dressed Man in 1983. 1983, and so what does that have to do with our our uh, our topic? So the Papa Burger is all about being sharp dressed and and attire. So the first question: Does it matter? And I'm going to go kids, and I'm going to go and I'm going to go players. Does it matter what the kids wear to a contest? Like personally, no, not at all. Okay, does um, it matter what sport? Um. I, I really don't think so. Um, I don't think it matters. I think some things make sense. Like I think it makes sense when I see a football team get off the bus and they have their jerseys on, like that makes sense to me. Um, it makes sense if a track team wears their warmups or whatever you want to call it when they get off the, the bus, that, that makes sense to me. Um, but so do I sport really does think matter. Yeah, I mean, I th I said I think some make sense, but okay. But if they if they rolled off and they weren't wearing that, I don't think that's going to affect performance at all. No. Well, from a track standpoint, you have to come ready. There's not enough locker room space for. Wait, you're talking like come like come dressed. No, I'm saying in the in the case of track, it's dictated for you. Yes, you're, you have you're to you have to come dressed. Yes. In the case of basketball, in the case of wrestling, in the case of football, volleyball, you don't have I mean in cross country you have to come dressed. 
Mm-hmm. But in, in other sports, you don't have to baseball. I guess you don't have to come dry. You could probably have sliders on or whatever and, and then put your pants on over the top. But for the sports that it is not dictated and set for them, does it matter what they wear? I, I, I don't think so. I was always a big um, believer that be comfortable, but represent the, the school that you are participating for. Does it? I got, go ahead and finish that. I, you know, I, there, there used to be a time, and I don't see it as much anymore, but people would have clothes from other schools. You know, like they would get a sweatshirt from Valley, let's just say. Like if they come rolling off of that, like I would have a little bit of an issue with that. Yes. How about, how about I would how? want them, I want them to be comfortable and, and to wear something that represents the school. So do, do your basketball players all have the same pullover or jacket or whatever that they wear to basketball? I would say they, they, they all have the option of getting it. They are not required to get that. So if you're and, the head boys basketball coach or head girls coach, are you making them all wear the same pullover or jacket? I, I, I would not, no. You would not. Okay, okay. That's where I'm going with that. Yeah. Wasn't sure. But, I, but again, if they aren't, like I, I want them wearing something Indianola. Sure. At that point. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. And, and, and I, I wasn't – some sports you have to wear – what you're going to wear because there's no opportunity or place for you to mm-hmm. change. But the ones that, that give you that opportunity, what was your stance on that? Like of, of where are you saying? Like yeah. No, that? you answered that question, but that was, okay. I was trying to distinguish between the two. Yeah. 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 I myself, sense. I am not a believer in, in dressing up um, myself. Even I, I'm not a big fan of, of dressing up because that's not who I am. And that's not how, how I roll all the time. And I don't want to be different. And we'll get to that here in just a minute. But from the kids standpoint, you know, football wise, we're off the bus and usually into the locker room right away because we get there at such a time that we don't have a lot of time to mill around. Um, mm-hmm. we, we, we've got some, we've got some issues this year with, with the way that we did our, our uh, um, warmups, you know, that we were shirtless and things like that. And so I think that's going to, that's going to, we're going to have to have a conversation about what we can do there, but from riding the bus, I, as long as they are dressed, I don't, I have no preference whatsoever. However, game day, they will be in a Jersey, whatever Jersey it is for that night. Yeah. So let's go coaches. Does attire matter for coaches? It does. I think, um, but Ooh, I'm I also- interested to hear this. But I also don't think it matters if you have a a suit on. I don't think that is. So what necessary. do you mean that it matters then? Uh, what matters? I think if you are coaching in front of people, you shouldn't have jeans on. For example, okay. I think that's a I think that's a bad look. Um, does that mean you can't coach well in jeans? Absolutely not. But I don't think that look, I don't think that gives the impression or the look that you're trying to give off. At the same time, I don't think you need to go the full opposite end and, and be dressed like you're going to a job interview. I think, again, wear, wear a decent pair of pants and, and what you're going to do up top. Again, I would be 
if, if I was in that situation, I would be just something in that team's color, that team's logo, whatever it may be. I, that's how I would do it. I love like the Bob Huggins look for basketball where you have like the jacket over the top. That's a West Virginia jacket. I, I think two years ago, like pre COVID you saw all these coaches in suits and now you don't see that as much anymore. Now you see a little bit more of the, the casual look, if you will. But I do think you can get too casual. Does it, does it matter if you're indoor versus outdoor? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, you know, I, I think of like our soccer coaches. Um, there are some nights when it is just brutal out there. Like they, they have soccer matches on nights that other sports in the spring are not doing stuff competitively. Like you, you could have a soccer match when it's 35, you're not running a track meet at 35. Right, they won't right. do it. So, so if those coaches are going to wear, you know, like the, the soccer look is kind of the jogger pants look. I would say that's, that's normal in soccer for coaches. They, they are almost more on the baseball line of thinking where they're kind of dressed like the kids on their team. Okay. Where, which baseball again is, is always just funny to me that like those coaches wear what the players wear, you know, like it's so different than, any other sport you know could you imagine like if you were in helmet and shoulder pads on a friday night like running up and down the sideline can you can you imagine how bad i would look in a <laughs> tight jersey no because you'd be have awful a, you'd have like a big old neck roll on i guarantee that would be that. absolutely awful but you know like jersey now I'll, I'll go back to the jean thing i would say if a track coach wore jeans that wouldn't bother me um but they're in the stands. They're not you know, coaching they, in front of everybody. I mean, your big point with, with your, one of the very first things you said was in your coaching in front of people can't be like that. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember, I think it was my first year at Indianola. We hosted a, a regional volleyball match and the, the opposing coach um, wore jeans and, and her cell phone was sticking out of her back pocket. You know, like that, I didn't think that was probably, and three fans showed up, right? Yeah, maybe. No, there were, were no fans. Um, that's not a joke. So, like, no, I, know, I, I think, remember. I couldn't remember how many there yeah, were. And I knew it was zero. Remember. Zero paid fans from that team. So, yeah, I think. I think. Again, does that mean that you're going to win or lose? No, but I, I don't think it is the look you're trying to portray in that type of situation. So it does. I think sport does matter. Um, you know, you think softball is is more of like the shorts and a shirt where you walk across the and watch baseball and it's totally different, but that's just how it is. But I don't think either of those is wrong. Um, but I do think sport matters. And, and case. soccer in March looks different than soccer in late May. Yep. As far as sure. what you're wearing, just like football, football in August, it looks different than September, looks different than October and looks significantly different than November. Yeah. You know, as far as what you're wearing, but um, everybody have to be the same. I don't staff? think so. No, I don't think so. I think um, like football, you'll see a lot of a similar dress staff, 
Like well, you're going to see everybody the same. In my opinion, you're going to see everybody the same. They're all going to have the same polo and same color bottoms. Yeah, but the, so like the difference, like when I was on your staff, is I was always so cold that like right. I was going to have something else over the top. The, the bottom's going to look the same, but the top's probably going to be different where you're yeah. wearing shorts and a polo and I've got like long pants and a like jacket on. Sure. You know, but sure. Similar, but not necessarily the same. But now there also are times where it is the same. Polos will be the same. Yes. August, everybody looks the same. Yeah. It's when you start adding layers is when you when you look a little, yeah. a little but different. I, but I think other sports, I, I've seen it where I think if you're the, the type of coach that does dress up, let's say it's a, a male coach that wears a tie, for example. If the rest of the coaches don't look the exact same as that person, I don't see anything wrong with that okay um how about teaching i i i've thought about this one a lot especially as i taught i i never understood in a in a classroom why the genes versus non-genes was such an issue but again i talk about it i guess from a coaching standpoint like i don't want them to wear jeans so maybe that's the thing but then there are some days like on a friday you can wear jeans and it's okay but on a tuesday you're not supposed to wear jeans or you're not able to wear jeans like it i get it like they're trying to incentivize like oh on friday we can wear jeans and school colors or whatever it may be um i appreciated that i also appreciated any time we could wear jeans to school i i like that so um but even so like when you go somebody like me that's maybe going to be in khakis and a a polo there's other teachers that are going to be in a a suit or a tie or both you know I, there there is such a wide range of on those monday through thursday days what is appropriate and it's not going to always be the same or similar to anybody else so let's talk parent-teacher conferences. Mm -hmm. Do you have to look different there? Well, yeah, you do because they don't have parent-teacher conferences on Fridays. So you you would have had to wear those clothes to school anyway. <laughs> so they're generally on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday. So in, in essence, you would have had to have worn. Um, but do you dress up a little more? Different. You know, it, old, I never did. I traditions were you yes. dress however yes, monday I, you know you dress normal and then parent teacher conference you're in you're in a tie and you're in a suit or you're you know one or the other you add a jacket maybe don't add a jacket but you're in a tie if you're a male because that's just what you did now you don't mm -hmm. see that as much yeah i i don't think it's that important i honestly don't think um somebody that's going to teach for eight hours um why we're so particular about what they look like you know it would, and i think that's kind of like the 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 track thing you know like some of those meets are six hours long from start to finish like they are going to be a little more casual there's not going to be a six hour basketball game you know like right. you're dressed up for a, a couple hours so um not that that should or does make any difference but i do think teaching wise I don't think a teacher is necessarily a better teacher if they have khakis on versus jeans. My, my belief has always been, I want to, I, I don't want to look any different for the parents than I do for the kids. Mm -hmm. 
what if I'm going to wear something in front of the kids, then I should feel good enough to wear it in front of the parents. And that's where that's my belief when it comes yeah. to that. Yeah. And 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 I got to be honest with you, if you're not comfortable as a coach or a teacher, <laughs> you're not going to be at your best. Yeah. So you better figure out how to get comfortable in whatever it is that you're going to wear on the day that you're working, whether that be teaching, coaching, conferences, whatever. Got to be comfortable. Uh, and, but if we're going to enforce a, a dress code for kids, then and if there's a dress code for teachers, then that, that needs to be followed. Sure. You know? and it, but, I, but I don't think each school is going to do it the same way. I think you have to adjust to whatever situation you're in, just like we would expect kids to do um, and, and do expect kids to do. So if, if you're listening, curious to know some of your answers to this. And if you are a coach in a particular sport, I would love to know what your stance is on everything. Do you, you, you have something particular for your kids? Do you have something particular for your staff? Um, are you inside or are you outside? And then what does what does that look like um, in in cold or inclement weather? How do you how do you handle all of that? I'd I'd like to like to know those things just because I think it, I think it's one of the more curious and and it's there it's there all the time but very rarely is it talked about the entire thing. I, I, I do think COVID has changed this thought process quite a Especially bit. Especially basketball. I, yeah, I went and watched Warburg play basketball um, uh, probably about a month ago when they played. Yeah, when they Simpson. played Simpson. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know if I've ever seen Warburg's head coach without a blazer on. Like, I, I that day, I, I, made, I even made the comment. Like, I've just never – I've seen him like that in practice. Like, that might be how – looks but on the sideline i just had never seen him that way sure. so again i don't think it affects his coaching at all um but i think like you said it's more of what do you feel comfortable in yeah and now in, in all honesty what's socially acceptable yeah you think about what coaches and i'm calling division one college basketball coaches what did they look like in the 80s versus what they dress like not look like but what did they dress like in the eighties versus what they dress like in the nineties. And then two, I mean, you, you, you can see that, that progression through more casual and more comfortable clothing as, as we go. And then COVID of course sped everything up and, and made it, made it very normal for you to not dress up the way so that kid, you used to. Kid wise, like we're going back towards the, the shorter shorts. We're yep. not going back. We're there. Could you imagine uh, a coach wearing those like seventies coaches shorts that they used to have? Those the like, bike, the bike shorts. Yeah, like could you imagine if somebody came rolling out in those right now? You'd just be, I mean, flabbergasted, like disgusted. And I wouldn't. I'd love it because I—that's all of my coaches. That's all they wore growing up. What if you had to wear it? I could if they were big enough. I could wear them. I wouldn't want them to be snug. I'm not. I'm not proud. Well, aren't of, they? Of those weren't they all snug? Nah, we we had some big dudes that wore okay. wore bike shorts and and they were they were big. They okay. were big. But yeah, they, I don't they wore them well. Obviously the kids are making that way, making that back to yeah. the short shorts, but I don't see the coaches going back that way. No, 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 I agree. I agree. We and you know, from our end, you know, we we get the same shorts that the kids get from a football side, you know, that mm -hmm. they wear for practice and, and things like that. So they're, they're going to be whatever the kids wear. And yeah. it's hard to find, you know, seven inch inseam shorts that are inexpensive. Yeah. You can find seven inch inseams, but you're going to pay for them. Mm -hmm. 
they're a little more pricey. So you got any final thoughts on that? But that was a little no. different topic to, to be able to address and, and uh, hopefully generate a little little interest, some feedback on things. I bet Scallon had some bike shorts back in the day, didn't he? God, he, you would think. You would think. He even, seems like a bike short guy. When did he start at Norwalk? Like 93? Yeah, 92 or 3, somewhere in and, there. And I can tell you, my high school coaches were still wearing bike shorts in the early 90s. For sure. They were yeah. still. I wish, he, I wish they still made them. Oh, I do. They don't. Well, I'm quite comfortable you thinking that too. Okay. Okay. We're going to move on to the history. And again, as well, you know, you're, you're again, everybody else for the first time. Part of this um, history piece was because it was the week of Thanksgiving. We had all these trophy games going on. Um, Iowa, Nebraska, even though there's, there's a lot of trophy games within the big Ten. Iowa, Wisconsin, um, Iowa. Uh, does Illinois have one with them? No. Iowa, Minnesota, Iowa, Nebraska, um, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Iowa. Um, I don't know if Wisconsin, Wisconsin and Nebraska has one. Anyway, all these trophy games were going on. And so what I wanted to do was go top 10 oldest college football rivalry trophies. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Floyd of Rose, Rosedale, that's number 10. Floyd of Rosedale, Iowa versus Minnesota, originated in 1935. Okay. And it was an actual pig right away. Um, I thought it was, wasn't it a slab of bacon? I thought it was. And depending on which way you had the piece of bacon, it was either an M. Oh, no, that's Wisconsin. No. I don't know. I can't remember. Stanford Axe. California versus Stanford originated in 1933. Hmm. Keg of Nails, Cincinnati versus Louisville, originated in 1929. Golden Egg Trophy, Mississippi versus Mississippi State, originated in 1927. I think that's an underrated football rivalry, by the way. Mississippi, Mississippi State? I do. Old Oaken Bucket, Indiana versus Purdue, originated in 1925. Uh Oh, there we go. Lillybuck. Nope, Illybuck. Illinois versus Ohio State, originated in 1925. When's the last time Illinois had that, baby? I don't know. It's been a long Old Wagon Wheel, BYU versus Utah State, originated in 1922. That Minnesota-Wisconsin one's got to be number one. Sorry, I'm just throwing it out there. Little Brown Jug, Michigan versus Minnesota. Well, I think what you need to do is you need to make sure you remember Ivy League. Oh, okay. Territorial Cup, Arizona versus Arizona State, originated in 1899. That's, that is number two. As old what was as that Arizona. called? Territorial Cup? Cup. Oh, Territorial Cup. That's kind of cool. Okay, so here is the oldest one. You ready? Yeah. Cincinnati versus Miami of Ohio, Victory Bell, originated in, 19, or in 1888. That's cool. So those was are that, the top was 10. That ben, was that Ben Roethlisberger's senior year? <laughs> yes. Man, he has been around forever. Oh, my gosh. Ever. So that, I, I just, I, for whatever reason, it, it had me curious as to, like, what, what is the oldest one? And so that it led me down that path is where we went. So that's, that's it for that one. Um, 
we have one trophy game, Norwalk does, and it's with Carlisle. And I, I don't know why we have not come up with another one for Warren County between uh, Indianola and um, Norwalk, but maybe at some point in time we can. The Log Cabin Days trophy. Something oh, like that. yeah. Now we're talking. I don't know what else we would do. The Courthouse trophy. But you're the, you're the we're kind of. I know, but wasn't that like a conversation of where that thing should be? Oh, that's true. That's true. That's true. Maybe the Junkin' Days. Maybe we could go Junkin' Days trophy. What, my lawnmower? (laughs) That would be an excellent, excellent, excellent trophy. Be really proud of that one. Okay. Um, Positive. Coworker coverage. Oh, okay. We've got got lots of people that are out um, for various reasons, whether they're sick, um, and unable to come because they have COVID or, or whatever the reason. And, and we've got a lot of people stepping up and, and covering for people. And, and I'm not talking teacher, not just teachers, but, but all across the board, um, everywhere. And, and, and it's pretty significant right now. And so just think it, it's uh, time for us to maybe shed a little positive light on people stepping up to help when, when others are, are unable to do their work and um, getting it done. So good job out of our our coworkers and our peers helping everywhere they can. That, that's, that is a good one. And like, I don't think people in education understand Oof. how much, and I'm just going to go the teacher route right now, how much sure. extra stuff teachers are doing. You know, like you think about how important those planning periods are just, okay. We can not call them planning periods. Like I'm not saying that people plan, but that's just the, the term you're open to yeah just like the way to not have to be in front and do that stuff for sure how how important those are during the day and then you know basically teachers are not having those anymore yeah you know to to help out that's just yeah i think that's a good one it is and, and it's happening a lot right now you know and and i think the one thing that that we haven't really talked a lot about is how much masks a year ago saved us from all the cold and flu that that mm-hmm. we're now experiencing and now people are getting that on top of some people are still getting sick from covid and 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 we're just missing a lot of work and people have to step up and help and and they're doing a great job of getting it done so that was my positive you got one yeah santa claus ooh there is not a human being Yes, he's human being that can get my kids to listen better than that man. <laughs> and I know I can't, I kind of ran out now. Like we know how long it is till Christmas. Those girls know, like it's a long time until Christmas, but for that, you know, like month or so leading up, man, what a great way to get your kids to listen. Do you have on the shelf? No, no. Oh, that was fantastic for us for a long time with Will. Elf on the shelf. Mm. He, he, he was a master at yeah, getting, I, getting you to listen. I just like the, do you, do you think Santa likes what he's seeing right now? Like, I love to use that, that line. <laughs> I think it's great. So I'm, I'm going with the big guy. St. Okay. Nick is my positive. Well, thank you, Santa. I appreciate that. What's your, by the way, little side note, what is your favorite santa movie not christmas movie santa movie oh i think for sure for me is santa claus with tim allen first one 
Yeah, I saw that okay. one in the theater three times when I was a kid. Like, I really liked that movie. I'm I'm with you on that one. That's the that's the that would be my favorite one. Also, is Santa Claus. Yeah, I like it. it's up there for me. And I mean, I would does I mean, Elf would probably count. I mean, because it's about an elf. He, yeah, but he <laughs> he's referenced all the time. Like, oh, you know Santa. Like, you know, like I think those two movies, like for the the belief in in that, I think is awesome. I like Santa Claus too. Mm. and i really like the night they saved christmas it's an old movie it's from the 70s yeah. i think early 80s late 70s somewhere in there it's a good one um my like favorite it. santa in a movie though is the guy on uh home alone that gives him the mint oh. <laughs> like, <laughs> i love that guy i think he's awesome <laughs> i oh, know wait, you're not wait wait I know you're not the real Santa, but <laughs> I like that. And then he gets in his car and he's smoking and he's got to put his, yeah, that, that one is. Oh, it was Tic Tacs. He had Tic Tacs. Tic Tacs. Right? He was out of Yeah. Yeah. I love um, And trying to figure out how to get his cigarette lit and his car started because <laughs> he was, he was wanting uh, to get the heck out of there. So, I like that guy. Here's a little, little programming side note. We've got a few more episodes that, uh, that we've got planned for sure as far as topics. But if you've got anything that you, you think is worthy of us uh, discussing or you want to hear something from us, go ahead and give me a, give me a, a note and, and let me know about it. And again, one of the things that I want to make sure you remember is that each of our episodes, all 70 of them, have a unique name. Not, not from, I mean, ZZ Top is not a unique name, but, but the story behind why it's called ZZ Top is unique, which is the reason why. So if you're giving me something, make sure that um, if you feel like it, go ahead and give me a, an idea two or three or four on, on what we could also call the episode on top of, of the way that we've got things handled there. So um, Christmas card, letter, email, combination, nothing. What, what do you do? Um, that would be good. Uh, any thoughts on on attire, you know, as far as bo both kids and, and coaches and teachers and, um, you know, if you're coaching a particular sport or you inside or you outside, what do you what do you have for a, a preference for coaches and for uh, for the players? And then, of course, our non-sponsor, Percy Nolan's signature scented beard oil, man, made ZZ Top just look absolutely fantastic for years and years. Um, I think they were a band together for 51 years. Um, 1969 to 2021 until, and I can't remember which band member passed away, but um, when he passed away, then they were, they were no more. But for 51 years, ZZ Top was bringing us some music. And of course, one of their favorites, and one of my favorites, one of their more popular ones was Sharp Dressed Man. So that's what I got. Appreciate you listening. Um, always appreciate you being able to come on. It is January 5th, 2022, episode 20, episode 20, episode 70. ZZ Top. I'm Paul Patterson signing off. Thanks for listening. And I am guest host Lee Nelson. Closing time. Thank you for listening to the Talking the Walk podcast show.